Hey girl, welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast, it's all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriends, let's do the damn thing. Hey girl, I am so excited that you're here for today's show because we have on Jamie Kern Lima. If you know who she is, you know why I'm so excited. I admire this woman so freaking much. And it's not just because she built her company, you might have heard of it, called It Cosmetics from her living room to $1.2 billion, yes, with a B, dollars that she sold to L'Oreal and became the very first female CEO in L'Oreal's 100-year history. It's not even just because of that that I admire her. It's because of her heart. She is a true champion of women. Like She is someone that you feel like you're best friends with her when you're chatting with her. Yet she has done all these crazy things. Like she's been on, you know, Forbes richest self-made women's list in 2019. She's Goldman Sachs 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs, one of the most powerful women in beauty. She's been on, you know, Good Morning America, The Today Show, CBS. She has the number one selling beauty line on QVC. She's a she's built this community of women around the globe that share their stories of overcoming struggle and confidence and their self-worth because of it cosmetics and the mission that Jamie set out on, which was to empower every woman to believe in her own beauty. I absolutely adore her. You're going to love her story. It's so inspiring. We talk about fear. We talk about trusting your inner gut. You, we just talk about when people tell you no or they don't get it, how do you keep showing up? This interview is powerful. I cannot wait to hear what you think. So be sure to tag both Jamie and I on Instagram with any takeaways because you are going to love this one. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Jamie, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, girl. Thank you. I am so excited to be here and then to meet you and to talk about all the things. Yes, seriously. I I admire you in so many ways for your grittiness and your resilience, but like your heart. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people um, say that they are advocates for women, but you're like a champion for women. And I respect that so freaking much. So thank you again so much for your time and being here. Thank you. Thank you for seeing that and being that also. Oh, thank you. So- Okay. You let's start. Let's kind of like take an overview here because at one point you were a reporter in Yakima, Washington yeah. and you wrote a business plan on the way to your honeymoon. Yeah. And then you sold your company after a lot of in between lots of no's, lots of things you had to work through and then sold your company for $1.2 billion and became the first female CEO of L'Oreal. So we could talk for 55 hours about that, <laughs> but let's start because a lot of women listening to this podcast feel that like feeling like they want to make an impact or they want like fulfillment in their life and they just don't really know how things are going to pan out, right? Like they're like, ah, I want my thing right now, but 
you would have never guessed with your the way that you started your career to where you're at now that these pivots would have happened. So yeah. can you take us back to the woman that you were um, back in Yakima, Washington? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I you know, I thought, um, by the way, way to do your homework. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know all of it. I know. I, I, I told you, when I admire someone, I, I do my homework. Yeah, so. you're not messing around. I love it. Um, I love that you're going deep and raw too because like this is the stuff I feel like I wish I had known. Like I would have yeah. seen myself a million nights of crying myself to sleep in this journey of building something if I had like yeah. known some of this stuff. And so super grateful to share today. And um, yeah, so I, I was a, a news anchor and reporter in Yakima, Washington. Like here's the thing. I knew, I mean, I love other people's stories. So like my mm-hmm. thing, and I, I'd want to interview you. Like that, my tendency right now is to ask you questions. I'm going <laughs> to, but because um, I just love it. So I thought I was going to do that my whole career. And uh, a lot of times people will try to get like a big, uh, internship or big job and like a huge network. And, but I've, I've learned that even though that's more glamorous, you don't necessarily like get to really work and learn. Yeah. And, um, so I did the more unglamorous thing, went to Yakima, Washington, and then Tri Cities, Washington. And it was, it was like scrappy. I mean, you, you know, everyone thinks it's glamorous because they're like, oh, you're the, you anchor the news in the town, you know, that you live in. Uh, meanwhile, I think my salary was 23500 Um, So I, like, out of my college, I think I had the lowest salary, graduating salary, and uh, in the whole class. And, um, and, I was like working hundred hour weeks then because I was just wanting to learn it all, like uh, you know how to write and shoot and edit and and all those things, and and I loved it. And I eventually moved up to Portland, Oregon, and was anchoring the news there. And I started getting this skin condition um, called rosacea, which is really red and it's like rough, like sandpaper texture. And so I'd be anchoring the morning news, and um, my makeup would start breaking up, and you would see the the redness coming through. And so you know on HD lights, um, I would always hear like the producers in my ear and that little earpiece saying, you know, there's something on your face or something on your face. Uh, and I knew there wasn't, it was, it was the makeup breaking up showing the rosacea. And so it was like this, I thought I was going to do one thing in my life. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it was like this problem happened to me. And I still thought, Oh, I'm going to be, you know, I I love journalism, so I'm going to do that. But what happened was I started uh, trying to find makeup that would work. So I'd like spend my whole paycheck on all the most expensive stuff in the department stores and couldn't find anything that would work. And then I would- Which is like your entire paycheck. (laughs) No, right? (laughs) Here's a $100 foundation. And I'm like, it doesn't cover. Or like you find something that covers and then it's like an inch thick, like like a mask. And I I just kind of- and, you know, at the time, too, Keisha, every, uh, you, when you see ads or commercials, it's like you wouldn't really know if the product actually worked because it was so, it was such an overly airbrushed mm-hmm. uh, model or ad. And you're like, I don't even know if they have any skin challenges. Any, they're even wearing the product. They say that they are. Yeah. And it's like you didn't know. And so, anyways, I just kind of had this moment where I was like, okay, like, um, you know, Robin Roberts, uh, who I love, uh, says, make your mess your message. And it was like, I had this issue and I just had this moment after trying to solve it that like, okay, there must be so many other people out there like me, men and women that are like frustrated and maybe they've just like given up on makeup or nothing works. I'm like, you know, this, if I can figure out how to solve this for myself, like mm-hmm. A, it'll be life-changing for a lot of people and B, it could be a really cool company. So 
I had the idea yeah. and, uh, and like, I worked hard my whole life. Like I was a Denny's waitress. I bought groceries. Yeah. Like I worked a lot of jobs, like yeah. for everything. But when I decided to be an entrepreneur, like I had no idea yeah. how hard it would be. How Did you have I, any examples like in your life? Was anyone in your family entrepreneurs that you looked up to at all? Or um, like, how did you even know that that was something back then that you could do? You're like, yeah. I'm going to create a product that doesn't yet exist. Yeah, it was hard. First of all, I don't know anyone in the beauty industry. So like, yeah. I definitely have entrepreneurs in my family. Um, I have a lot of entrepreneurs that have also worked like 100 hour weeks forever and never yeah. had a successful outcome. Um, so I hadn't seen that example, but, um, but you know, yeah, no, I didn't. And this is actually so such a good question because I didn't know anybody in the beauty space at all. I didn't know how do I enter this category, but I knew I was willing to work really, really hard. And like, Mm -hmm. I think one of the most important things is, and this is hard for people right now because of how huge Instagram is right. Like Instagram is the only platform I'm on myself a lot, which is how I met you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I respected your sliding into your DMS with my creepy video. (laughs) No, I love it. Listen, like I have, I'm someone that hustled so hard to like get what I built. And so when I see someone else doing that, like I've so much respect for it. And, Thank you. Um, anyways, so, but, but, you know, on Instagram, things look easy and sometimes you want them to be fast and pretty. And it's like so important to share the real behind the real yep. because like I knew I was willing to be hard, work hard, but I also knew I was willing to be scrappy enough to like, you know, do all the unglamorous stuff and like not any of the glamorous stuff that gives your ego, feeds your ego, but yeah. like, just be all in. So I felt like I was ready to do it. I just didn't understand, you know, how hard it would be, how when it's your own thing, it's like, you're not clocking in and out. It's like 24 seven in your head. You can't turn it off. And when you eventually start hiring people, which for us took many years, um, couldn't even afford to pay ourselves for the first three years after launching our business, which was Mm -hmm. so hard. But once you do hire people, then you have that worry (laughs) 24 seven is a whole other job. And it's like, when it's your own thing, you have the chance in such a big way to change the world. And you also sort of like have the weight of the world on your shoulders too, right? You know what I mean? I mean, you're, you're doing your own thing too. And it's, it's a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's the thing. So, um, and you know, we, uh, but okay. So I knew, I knew, okay, there's, there's gotta be a need out there for this. So I just thought if I bore all the money I have and my husband too, we put all our money into this, Mm -hmm. I just thought, okay, I'm going to make the best product that exists. If it works for me, I'm like, it's going to sell. And we um, put our money into R&D, regulatory compliance, and advisory board, like all of the unsexy kind of stuff. And I just thought it's going to, it's going to sell. And I was so wrong. Like, (laughs) like, you're like, it's the best product. Everybody's just going to buy it instantly. It's going to be crazy. We're going to be popping bottles of champagne. Exactly. But in reality. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And you know, it was, it was so, and I was really like scrappy in the process because I couldn't afford to hire anybody. So like, um, you know, I, I had quit my job as a news anchor, but the guy that does the, the um, and I didn't know anybody that did graphic design or anything. So yeah. I was able to like pay hourly to um, 
a friend I made at, at the TV news station, he did the graphics on the Yes, because you're so resourceful. Right? And well, like, yeah. He didn't do pack. He'd never done packaging. He just did like, you know, when you watch the news and you'll see like the murder happened here and there's like a map. <laughs> like that's what he did. That's all. But like, you're I was like, like that's do you want to move in the beauty industry space? I know. I know. I didn't. And between him and me having no experience, we sat in my living room at like four in the morning every day because then he would go to his real job after and we would design our, pa- our first packaging. And like, I'd be wow. Googling like FDA regulatory compliance and like trying, like writing every, I'd write every word on every box. And then he yeah. and I would design it together, which is why it looks, our first packaging looks like such crap because I didn't know what I was doing. But how cool that you have that, that you can show where you started and yeah. to where you've come. That's such a, source of inspiration because you're willing to talk about that. And that makes me think like, tell me about the the mindset then, because I want to definitely move to QVC because the move that you pulled over there, girl, like that's claps for that. But um, like, how are you still showing up when you're like, I don't know how to do this. Like, can I even figure this out? Does anyone believe in me? You're getting so like so many rejections and people don't understand your dream. Like, how are you still showing up? Yeah, exactly. So, so I figured out, you know, a, how to keep my faith, um, bigger than my fear, how to, uh, and, and I always check in with my gut. Right. And so the thing that kept happening too was, okay, everybody, once we finally had a product, and I'd send it out there. And I like, not, I didn't just send it to like, oh, the head buyer at Sephora or, you know, QVC or like, I send it to them, of course. And then I literally would be on LinkedIn finding anyone that worked there and sending them samples and like trying to like just everybody, like, you know, it didn't matter what their, their job was there. I would send them like, oh, here's bye bye under eye. Like, it's going to change your life. And, and I would just, it was like no after no after no after no. Um, for three years, we heard no's from literally everybody. And yeah. it was so hard. We were selling like one to two orders a day on our website. And the, the big blessing in all this was that social media was starting to take off and real women and, and girls dealing with acne and even boy, anybody, they were posting yeah. their own real before and afters freaking out over the product. So it's like, that and we couldn't afford to advertise. It was like yeah. that kept us in business to like sell one to two orders a day, but yeah. we still couldn't pay ourselves. Um, and and just a note on getting scrappy in case um, your community listening is like, okay, you know, I've got my own thing going, but uh, you know, how do I build a billion dollar company when I literally have no money and I'm not selling a lot yet and just trying to figure it all out. Like some of the things that um, that I did early on, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> my middle name is Marie, um, and so Marie got her own email address. Um, <laughs> it was, Marie, <laughs> yes, Marie at itcosmetics.com, and she was a hustler. Like she headed customers. I bet. <laughs> And uh, she had a PR for the first uh, so year. So good. So like Marie would like, like if, if this were like right now and I was launching, Marie would be emailing you. Our founders <laughs> available. Or, like Marie emailed the Today Show, Good Morning America, like uh, CBS Early Show, everybody. Um, so good. Pitching that our founders available for an interview and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and they give you like time availability. You're like, yep, she can make that work. <laughs> yeah, no, Marie got a lot of no's also. Marie got a lot of complete ignores. Um, yeah. 
but she was she was she was a hustler, and it works sometimes. That's the thing, yeah. right? It's like it works sometimes, and that that's really the only way we got press. Also, in in the yeah. years, um, I ended up hiring one of my best friends, uh, who was a bridesmaid at my wedding, and she was six months pregnant at the time, and she left a way better career and she took a chance on our company. So she was employee number one, uh, full-time employee number oh. one. And she's still with the company today, actually. So cool. Two departments. She is an on-air um, uh, guest at QVC for it cosmetics. And But anyways, um, yeah. she took a big risk and we just, we didn't know. It was like, we had a big dream. Yeah. We knew. And by the way, it was bigger than just like, oh, here's products that work to cover. Yeah. It was like, okay, I am so sick and tired of seeing models that don't, they're not even the real model. They're so over airbrushed. So like my idea was, okay, I don't just want to create product that actually works, but I want to, like my dream was QVC to show it live and show, you know, every age, every skin tone, every skin challenge, every Mm -hmm. uh, type of woman, because I was never able to see someone who looked like me and ads, you know, with like the rosacea. So it was like, let me try to create a product that can, you know, that, that if you're a woman sitting at home, you're like, Oh, it's going to work. Cause I see someone on there who has acne like I do or whatever that, that issue. Um, and I really wanted to shift culture and beauty around that. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's one thing, too, to share is like, okay, at the time, no one was doing that. And YouTubers mm-hmm. removing makeup hasn't happened yet. And so every time I would take a meeting with a retailer or finally get a meeting, um, they would all say, women don't buy makeup from, from models that look like this. They want to buy makeup from like these aspirational people they, they don't even look like the people in the magazine because they're oh, all airbrushed anyway oh yeah and so but like it had never been done before and that's the yeah. thing is like what I know now is if you're doing something if you have an idea or you're doing something in a different way that hasn't been done before like all the experts like don't be shocked if they all say no and yeah. if they all don't believe in what you're doing because that's what I went through every and these are experts I would like put on a pedestal. Like I love shopping their stores and like all that. And I'm like, they're telling me my idea is not going to work. And it was like heartbreaking. You know what I mean? But they were doing the best they could with what they knew. They had just like, there was no social proof in their mind that told them this idea was going to work because it had never been done before. So they didn't believe in it. And like, had I known that, you know, back then, Oh, it's just because I'm doing something new. It's not because my idea sucks. Um, I would have saved so many tears uh, and and along the journey for sure. But your story, but because of it, your story is even better and more inspiring because you just got like so many no's rejected so many times. And then tell like tell the listeners if they don't know about the QVC like experience that changed it all. Because I know obviously yeah. you're pitching everyone and then QVC is the one that's like, okay, here, we'll put you on air. But for anyone that doesn't know, how does that actually work? Yeah, it was um, probably like the most defining moment in my whole journey as an entrepreneur because it taught me the power of going with your gut over anyone else's advice Um, and the power of authenticity and how you can't fake it, right? I think like one of the biggest temptations for any person out there, but especially 
uh, entrepreneurs, especially women, is to like get distracted by what someone else is doing or if someone else is doing well or they are succeeding in their product, they just did it this way. It's like if you get distracted by that and risk diluting your own authenticity, you're going to fail every time. And and that was my biggest thing with It Cosmetics once we started doing really well is I'd always tell my team like, the biggest threat to us isn't our competition. It's if we get distracted by what they're doing and risk being our own secret sauce. And that was like our mission going forward was like blinders up and our authentic mission. But I learned that lesson the really scary way on QVC. Um, And I also learned the lesson of just trusting your gut over, you know, what anyone else tells you for advice if it doesn't feel right in your gut. And so yeah. after years of no's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, finally, years, um, years. Oh. <laughs> we, um, <laughs> oh gosh, we were down to under a thousand dollars in our bank account, which was like our personal and company bank account. And I oh was at gosh. this trade show in New York um, yeah. where there's 6,000 women uh, that are all beauty executives. And once a year they have this event where they, where anyone that any brand or company that's launched a new product that year displays it and demonstrates it in this like three foot table and all the women walk and see things and test them. And then they vote. And the hope is either like you win an award um, or one of the retailers who's there sees your product and wants to carry your line. And so, so I was there demonstrating and uh, QVC had this massive booth there. And, you know, I had been sending my product for years and hearing no's. And like that day, I was so determined to like figure out how to meet a buyer in person <laughs> because yeah. it's like so different. If they can like, try it. Yes, yeah. yes. And hear the story and you know what I mean? And so, um, and so it's, it's, uh, a cr- it was a crazy night and you're not allowed to leave your booth uh, or you can get kicked out. Like it's very, so I was like, oh crap, like I got, I, I need I feel like you left your booth. I left my booth. <laughs> okay. I'm like, there's no way you stayed at your booth. But I was like trying to figure out how to do it. And yeah. in the buy, every time I'd sneak away, the buyer was swarmed with people. And then, so I'm like demonstrating my product to all the women stopping by. And you know, have you ever been like doing something, but your mind is somewhere else? So yeah. unfortunately I wasn't present and I didn't even realize some of the people stopping by my booth. Um, thankfully I'm kind to everybody and just like, pour my heart out to them. And so long story short, I made it over to the buyer and I was like, hi, my name is Jamie Kern Lima. And I have a, you know, like freaking like, like sweat dripping down while I'm praying for the right words and like trying to be super cool all at the same time. And I'm like, you know, and, and my concealer is life changing and all these things. And so she gave me her card, the buyer did and said like, we'll set up a meeting. And like, I walked away, not sure you know, if that was a courtesy thing or if she really meant it. And meanwhile, I got back to my booth and I kept, you know, demonstrating to all the people walking by. And about an hour later, a woman walked up to me and she introduced herself and said, I'm a show host at QVC. She'd been there 17 years. Apparently I had talked to her like an hour earlier, Um, Mm. but I wasn't even present, which I really hate to admit, but she fell in love with the product and she goes, and so she came up to me and she's like, I just want to let you know, I went over to our buyer and I told her about your product and she said, she just met you. And I told her, our QVC gals watching need this concealer. And I like looked at her 
and I start sobbing, like in my, like in the booth. She has no idea you have a thousand dollars in your bank account. You're like sweating. And I think I scared the crap out of her. She's like, oh, sugar, I don't have any power. I can't, like, I I can't make sure your product gets, I just want to let you know, like, I really, like, I really like it. And like, I think I freaked her out and long story short, we did get a meeting. So we flew over uh, to QVC, which is just outside of Philly. um, And we got a yes. Uh, so it was like our first big yes where, and, but what it meant was we had 10 minutes, a 10 minute segment that was live, uh, to either hit the sales goal that they give you, um, or not come back. So, <laughs> so, so it's like, just, just to kind of tap into that feeling yeah. because some of us will never experience that type of stress and like excitement simultaneously where you're so pumped because you finally got a yes. But then does your brain then go to, if this doesn't work, we're like going bankrupt we're basically. Going bankrupt. So it's, you're like dancing that dance of two emotions at once. That is or, the exact, uh, not only emotions, but it was the exact situation because yeah. we at that point, you know, we're down under a thousand dollars. So we were only selling, you know, one to two orders a day on our website. And for QVC, we had to, we had to manufacture, pay for, ship in over 6,000 units of our concealer by my under eye to sell in that 10 minute window to be able to hit the sales goal or not come back. And so it meant borrowing money. It meant all those things and everything was going to come down to this one moment and this one 10 minute segment. And it's like, okay, if that day there happens to be breaking news or something going on in the world, <sighs> nobody's watching. Oh, you don't get yeah. a chance. Like there's all these factors that make yeah. it um, feel so uncertain. And all you can do is like prepare the most yeah. that you can. And so uh, one of the things that we did, which was huge in terms of learning this lesson is, you know, I, um, met with all these uh, outside consultants and they're super, they teach people how to sell on television and they help mm-hmm. so many people. Uh, they help them succeed on QVC, etc. But when I met with them, um, they only knew what had succeeded in the past, right? So they said to me, okay, if you want to have a chance at doing well, you need to book this type of model and here's how you're going to do your presentation. Cause that was the only thing that had ever worked. And yeah. most people still fail even doing it that way. Um, and I just would sit there and be like, okay, but I created this for, you know, people, whether they have skin issues or not. So if I'm sitting at home watching and all I see is, you know, like models that have flawless skin and I don't see anybody that has my challenge, like, how do I know it's going to work for me? Like I have this yeah. vision and I want to show my own bare face with this bright red rosacea. And they were like, and, yeah. and they, I mean, and we would argue and they, they wanted us to win. Like they met well, but yeah. it had never been done before. And they're like, listen, you know, the best we can do is tell you what we believe will will succeed for you. And that's what yeah. we're going to do. So it was super oh. tough because it was like this life moment where all of the experts literally, because it was also every retail store before this moment, all yeah. of them told me the same thing. And like my gut told me another thing. And it was yeah. like, and it wasn't like I could just try both. I had, yeah. right. I had this one moment. And so I flew out to um, QVC and uh, a week early before this 
the show and I stopped. Did you already, uh, question real quick, did you already know, because like I'm trying to think of all of the years of getting rejected and you having to tap into this bigger vision of I want to change like the culture of beauty. I want to like, you have this big mission yeah. that you're tapping into. So it's like, they're telling you fit into this box. This is what's worked. Yeah. And you're like, toggling back and forth like what were even like what's like the conversation even with your husband at that time of like how are you guys navigating that yeah so I think that what makes it so tough is like okay you know your why you know your mission crystal clear um but I knew that that moment could put us out of business forever right so the money we borrowed the um small amount of money from um, family that were investors like to have the pressure of knowing you can lose all that And to go, okay, like sometimes it's easy to go, is my gut wrong? Like, is it, is it like everybody who's had success is telling me the same thing? Um, And it's hard. And like, I had to get really still. Actually, if you want to know the truth, I channeled Oprah. You know how Oprah's like, right? You got to get still and listen to that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, still small voice. And, and that's what I did. I actually... Literally. Um, and you know what? We can channel our mentors, right? Whether they're yep. far, we've never met them or, or that we have met them. But I, um, I flew out to QVC um, a week early and I had that dialogue that you're talking about in my head over yeah. and over. And I sat all alone in this rental car uh, in their parking lot. They had no idea I'm sitting in a rental car. And I'm <laughs> sitting there in the parking lot, just like watching the front door of QVC for a week. And it's this massive campus. So you see all these yeah. people going in and out. And uh, I just remember praying and and crying and like, I felt like it was the biggest pressure um, in the world. Like it was so hard if you want me to be honest. And I, um, and it's so hard when everyone doubts you and it's so hard when everyone says no for years and then you're like, okay, now is my shot. It's my one shot. Right. And for me, what it came down to is like, I would imagine like, who is that woman I'm talking to um, on the other end? I don't know if you do this with your your podcast yep. and all your stuff, but like I would just imagine different women. And I, you know, QVC's broadcast live to 100 million homes. So I knew the second we went live, there was a whole lot of women watching all yeah. across the country. And, you know, I would imagine different women and what would I want them what would I want them to see in that moment? Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, I would imagine, I would imagine, you know, a woman in her seventies going like, who hasn't seen someone who looks like her in oh, like yeah. 50 years. Um, I would imagine like a stay at home mom, you know, who's exhausted and like has forgotten that she's beautiful and that she matters. And I would imagine these women. And I, I remember this moment in that rental car where I like, just knew. Like I just had this moment where I'm like, I would rather go on television. I'd rather every one of those women look up on their screen and see someone who looks like them, who I'm calling beautiful, a beautiful model. I'd rather do that, even if they don't order anything, than like do what everyone else has done, sell a freaking ton of product and stand for nothing. And I just I knew that moment where I knew like Hamilton reference. I'm not going to throw away my shot. You know what I mean? It's like, this is it. And, but it didn't mean it wasn't really scary. (laughs) And um, so I remember the night that it it came down to the the 10 minute window we were about to launch. And, and 
I had, uh, you know, went into QVC, you do the host meeting. Um, they put me with the host who came up to me at the oh, convention. So full circle. Yes. So she's like so advocating for you too. Yes. And she, and it's crazy that she had been there 17 years and then she left right after we launched. Just but enough to I pass thought, the torch. <laughs> yes. Right. So I, so I um, was with her for the, for that one, that 10 minutes uh, segment. And here's the crazy thing, okay? I walked in like having prepared a million hours, right? Thinking I'm going to do this exact rundown of yeah. a segment. And I had it like super anal to the T what I was going to do. Yeah. And in my quick, you only get like two meet- minutes to meet with the host sometimes. And I met with her. I'm like, here's what I'd like to do. And she looked at it. She goes, thank you, honey. And she gave it back to me. She's like, here's what we're going to do. And she told me all this stuff. And you, you know, you don't mess around with hosts because yeah. they are so so good at what they do. At that yeah. point, I had to pray and I had to trust her. And yeah. and then we went out there and I remember the clock. So there's this clock, right? In this case, it would start at 10 minutes and yeah. you see these multiple cameras. And I'm like freaking shaking, right? And just yeah. like, and I wasn't nervous for TV. It was that all the pressure of the business. Oh, for sure. Right? Like if this didn't work, like we'd be bankrupt, like you said earlier. And I, um, I just remember, and the other thing, by the way, you might have 10 minutes, but everything is live and they know by the second what's selling. So if your product's not doing well, you'll see your clock. And I've had this since happen to me, by the way, you'll have, you'll see your clock jump from like, let's say you're at nine minutes left. All of a sudden it goes to two minutes and you're like, so you don't know the amount of inventory, but you just know the allotted time that like when that gets down to zero, you're out. You're out. But here's the problem. So so we had to pay for over 6,000 units, which would sell in 10 minutes to hit their goal. If it's not doing well, they cut your time and you have to take the product back. So, yeah. so you could be live with 10 minutes. And if it's not selling, all of a sudden your clock goes to two minutes and you keep talking for those two minutes, you're off. And then because it wasn't doing well, they yeah. cut your time and then all the product gets shipped back to you. So it is so stressful and you're supposed to also have fun and not be selling because if you sell, nothing sells in those moments. Yeah. So anyways, I remember the clock went live and, and the, it was like 9.59, 9.58. And I remember uh, I showed women every different age, skin challenge, skin tone, skin, you know, everything. And then my, I remember my bare face uh, before shot came up with like my bright red rosacea and um, I was trying to do this demonstration like on my wrist showing how our product worked and how the other top two department store concealers got all creasy when I'd bend my wrist. Yeah. I was so nervous that, and even though I'd practiced it a million times in my bathroom yeah. here, um, <laughs> live on the air, I was like starting to do the demonstration, but my hand was shaking so bad oh, no. that the host was like, thank you, sugar. And she like forced it under the pony. I like that she says sugar. I, I like yeah, she kept calling me sugar. And then... Um, and then I remember like nine minutes in, she started saying like, uh, the deep shade sold out, the medium shade sold out. And I was like freaking out. And then at the 10 minute mark, the sold out sign came up. And I just like, I just remember looking at her and crying, which yeah. I rarely cry. She probably now thinks I cry all the time. I start, <laughs> my husband comes running in the, um, the live television studio at QVC and he's like, we're not going bankrupt. <laughs> I'm like, ah. and I'm like, no, we're uh, spoken. <laughs> like crying. And 
Real um, women have spoken. That's yes. so good. And Jackie, our first employee, was there. I had her model, and uh, and she has this huge tattoo. And so we covered that with concealer to show how powerful it was. And just like it was oh. like every, it was just. But so that was. I just realized in that moment. And by the way. That one show turned into five that year, 101 the next year, 150 plus the next year, and then 250 live shows a year. Um, and I did all of them myself for eight years. And uh, we grew the biggest beauty brand in QVC history, which it yeah. is right now at this moment. And so uh, I just want to share. Well, hold, wait, Jamie, hold, please. Yeah. Whoa. Like, do you feel so proud of the woman that you were back then who was so scared to do that? I can only imagine. Yeah. Like, Thank do you think you. about that version of her? Yeah, I, I, I do. Thank you. And I, I think yeah. too, like, like even when I just, when I was just talking, one of the things yeah. I think about is like anybody in your community listening to this, it's like, it's like, maybe they see it cosmetics and like, oh, or maybe they hear, oh, biggest beauty brand in QVC history. Yeah. But it's like, they said no for three years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and not just no, but like, oh no it's not right for our customer. It's not going to, you know, and, and it wasn't just them. It was every Sephora, Ulta, every department store. And, and it's like what ended up happening. And it's because we were doing something so new. So I get it. I get it. Um, But it just, I just like sharing it makes me excited for anyone in your community listening. That's like, Mm. is my idea bad? Why is it not getting traction? Why, yeah. you know, is nobody believing in me or, yeah. doc, you know, and by the way, sometimes it's friends and family. Like you, it could be anyone just kind of like, yeah. oh, I don't know. And, but it's like, what I've learned time and time again is when you have this gut feeling, like it's what you're meant to do, like you're yeah. called to do it. Um, I don't think it's wrong. I'm yeah. not saying it's going to be easy, yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. you can't shake it, right. And you just mm-hmm. keep. I just think it's part of your calling and your purpose, and yeah. and and you you have to check in with your gut way more um, than anyone else's advice, even the experts. Well, and I think one thing that I so deeply respect about you, and I've kind of taken like looking at your career as a as a whole, is like when you see that it's not being represented the way that you think it should, you choose to be the representation. Mm -hmm. And that is powerful. And it's like, whether it is that the woman listening to this, you know, in her shower, like tossing her loofah in there, she's like, I love Jamie. Um, But you, like to the woman that wants to make a career transition or wants to do that thing that people don't understand, it's like the gift that your story gives besides incredible inspiration is like when you show up and you do do the thing in, that your gut is telling you to do and you listen to your own intuition, regardless yeah. of what people tell you, you're going to win. We don't know how long it will take, but yeah. what's the alternative? Like, yeah. where would you be now if you just gave up? Yeah, exactly. And I think like, I think, and especially women, yeah. so many times doubt ourselves and we wait or we wait till we can do it perfectly. And it's like yeah. this journey. And you know, when you read just like, um, Wall Street Journal or, you know, Forbes, whatever. And you see like, oh, girl starts in her living room and sells company for 1.2 billion. Like it seems like a fairy tale. Um, yeah. But, you know, and I didn't, I did it so imperfectly. Like, yeah, I want to be the representation I see missing, but, and like, I do it the best I can. And I never yeah. 
do it perfectly, but I sure try. Like we, you know, try to use every type of woman and model. Like we launched 48 shades of our concealer and didn't just use models. We actually used 48 employees um, that represented every single age and shape and skin tone and skin challenge and, and all 48 shades. And it's like, you know, but everything takes a while and it's hard and, and I've made a lot of mistakes, you know, along yeah. the way. Um, and I think the most important thing, it, it, it literally makes me freak out and so sad when I read all those studies that show that, you know, um, men will ask for promotions when they have like 40, 50 or 60% of the qualifications. Women wait till they have a hundred percent of the qualifications to ask for a promotion. I think like, Women are scared to fail. They're scared to do things imperfectly. They're scared they're not qualified. And yeah. it is such an um, oppression-based mindset that we were all raised around. It's just out there. That, yeah. Like we've got to overcome and go, we've got to start embracing like failure. Embrace, I know that sounds crazy, but embracing yeah. hearing no, right? No one wants to hear no. That feels like rejection. But like yep. if you're someone getting told no, you're someone doing something. Like you're yep. someone on a growth trajectory, like look forward to the, to the nose and like shift your mindset around it because yeah. that can change everything with mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Not only for, you know, whether you're starting a business or, you know, maybe you just have something else on your heart that's your purpose. And maybe you want to be an artist or a creator, or, you know, you want to break a generational cycle in your family of complacency or abuse or whatever it might be. Like the mindset behind it is, is everything and not being afraid to do it imperfectly and, and not letting like other people's lack of support or approval, like translate into self doubt in your own head. To me, that's sort of like so critical, no matter what, you know, that you find is part of your purpose that you're going after right now. And well, and you've been knocked down so many times and had to get back up that it's probably like it feels more normal getting back up than it does staying down because you just have to keep getting back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and it's, you know, it's super weird. Like I've never talked about this before, but let me just put it in these terms. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in like grade school and you're like not picked on the kickball team or you're not like or, or you worry, like, is anyone showing up to my birthday party? Like, we have these deep, like, fears of rejection. And they literally, no joke, like, end up, like, showing up in our entire lives. And yeah. getting over that and knowing everybody has that, like, I don't care who they are. <laughs> they yeah. all have that. It's, it's great because then you know, like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not alone. alone. Everyone fears this stuff, but just getting over it. And, um, and even like every, you know, like talking about it and sharing your story and all that, like, you're not alone. That's why I love when, when, when you'd reach out to me, when we met over my Instagram, um, <laughs> you know, I just felt like if I can share, even the stories, because one of the things you're bringing up is like just getting knocked down. It's like, if I can share those stories of yeah. rejection and underestimation, um, to me, it's like, that's power because I wish I had heard these type, kind of stories when yeah. I was going through them, because then I would know, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, yeah. this happens to people that build billion dollar companies. Oh, this is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we all go through it. And I think, um, 
I think that's really powerful to know because it's not you. It's not just you. It's, it's everybody. And, and, and you gain your power back when, when you can um, make the decision uh, to believe in yourself um, and believe you can, uh, no matter what everyone else is saying and no matter what's going on around you. Yes, Jamie. Oh, okay. So to close this thing out, can you tell us what you're excited about right now? And then of course, you know, we've got a Spotify playlist, so we need your song. I'm thinking you're going to say Hamilton, but tell us what you're excited about and what song you want to add to our playlist. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. Uh, So you know what? You're going to be the first person I tell this to actually. Uh, Just today, um, I got my final contract for a book deal. Yes! Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, for um, gosh, the last like five or six years, I had been getting approached by um, different publishers and, and, and lit agents. Yeah. And I remember Oprah once said like, don't write an empty book, whatever you do, like there's too many empty books out there. So I was working, I, I left this part out, but I, I don't recommend this, but I did, I worked hundred hour weeks for 10 years. On yeah. cosmetics, like it was a lot, and I was yeah. so burnt out, but like so driven at the same time. Probably a little addicted to work, which I don't, I don't recommend because it comes at a price a lot at a lot of, of a lot of other stuff. But yeah. I knew I was like hundred hour weeks, really truly building the company, and we built up to over a thousand employees, and we're launching new retailers and all these things. Yeah. So I said no to every single lit agent meeting and publisher meeting um, for five years, and I just. Uh, a few months ago, felt like okay, it's time, and I yes, it's time, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to just like pray and pour everything I have uh, into a book that hopefully is of service to yeah. every woman out there, every entrepreneur, um, but really every girl and woman just trying yeah. to like learn how to step in their own power. And so, so, uh, just, uh, now just today I got the DocuSign, which like, I wish it was like papers <laughs> and a pen, but no, no, I got the You need to just go print it and just like <laughs> shake it around. And shake it and be like, let me yeah. find a cool pen. Um, <sighs> so I'm writing a book. It's going to come out in about a year. Um, but, uh, but, uh, talking to you a few minutes after I finally got the final, um, oh. contract. So super excited about that and yes. praying that it is of service. And um, your book is going to be so full. You couldn't write an empty book. I could talk to you for like 20 hours. I love, mm-hmm. I love your story, Jamie. I admire you so much. You are so humble and gracious and kind. And you're also just a ferocious badass. And those things don't normally live in the same person. And I just really respect you being on here. So where can we find you? You said Instagram's your favorite platform. Yeah. You know, it's the one I'm on myself. Um, uh, how I met you. I love it. I love it. You know, hustler, woman doing like <laughs> things, like making it happen. Loved your energy. Like, yeah. So I, so I um, am loving Instagram. It's just the one I just go to right now. Um, and I met Jamie Kern Lima. Um, and um, so that's where I'm at. And, uh, and um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Nice. Any last little nugget that you want to leave the woman listening to this with? Hmm. I think uh, I think if you're starting something, if you're an entrepreneur, if you are starting a side hustle, if you want to be a content creator or you want to um, 
contribute to anything. I think like you need to work really hard. Sometimes when we see stuff online, it, it doesn't look like it's a lot of hard work or like it happens overnight, but I don't know anybody who hasn't built anything that matters and anything that lasts without working like really, really hard. Um, so be ready for that. And, you know, don't give up. I think like, I don't know if I had to guess, I would say like 80 to 90% of businesses fail because people just give up. It's too hard, you know? And I think sometimes you just have to figure out that resilience piece of keeping going, even when it doesn't look like uh, everything around you is going to make it easy for you. (laughs) It doesn't look like people are getting your idea or maybe you're not getting traction yet with sales or followers or whatever it might be that you're building. Um, I think the most important thing, like that commonality, if you look at so many people that have been able to build something that lasts, whether it's a music career or anything else, it's that when they not get knocked down, like they don't give up, right? So those two things, but those are like the price of admission. Um, The Mm -hmm. biggest thing, like when people say, how did you start with nothing, build a billion dollar company? It's like, I've thought about that for a long time. Um, Because sometimes I think, how did this happen to me? (laughs) You know, like I have a lot of, like no one, my parents didn't go to college. I have a lot of family that's worked really, really hard and this didn't happen to them, right? And so- when I think like, how did I build a billion dollar company? It's like, yeah, I worked really hard. Yeah, I didn't give up. But like the biggest thing I did right was I made that decision, no matter what, to believe that I could. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't let anyone mess with that (laughs) in my own head, no matter how hurtful their no or their rejection was or how amazing I think they were. And then they tell me I suck or (laughs) like, I just made that decision. So that's my biggest thing um, that I would share for sure. For sure. Jamie, I thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your gift and your light and your story. And I cannot wait to hype woman your book so damn hard. I'm oh so excited. Gosh, thank you. Um, I hope you enjoy the process of writing it too. And thank you again so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I am so grateful. I had so much fun. Yes. I feel like we're in our living room, just like, which I guess we are, but I feel like we're just like, chatting i feel like we should have a glass of wine and like cheers at the end like yes yes (laughs) thank you so much thank you thank you so much for listening in if you love this episode it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so i can personally thank you for helping me get the message out I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.